grumpy innkeeper who, you know, all these things were happening all around about him and he didn't really know what was going on. Uh, but at the end of the day, he comes face to face with Jesus, the baby Jesus. He comes face to face and something's happening in his heart at that time. And he was clueless about what was going on around him, but he, he met Jesus face to face. And that's what happens, you know. So often people meet Jesus People, God, God comes looking for us. We're not looking for Him, but He's looking for us. And so we meet God face to face in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our problems, in the middle of our what's going on around about us. And God comes right there in the middle to bring hope, to bring life, to bring joy. We've been singing about joy this morning. And the birth of Jesus ought to be the most joyous and is the most joyous occasion you could ever celebrate or, or think about or talk about it. So today, as we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, I, I believe this is a great occasion for us to have hope in our hearts. And maybe you're thinking this morning, well, I haven't got a lot of hope in my life right now. Well, I want to give you this morning some reasons to have hope based around the birth of Jesus, because Friend, I believe there's a lot, of, a lot of hope in that for us, for you and I. So I want to talk about that, ways that the birth of Jesus gives us hope in our world. So, you know, God is not, um, some people have the idea that, that, that God is real, but he's very distant. He's got, God is like, up there's a song that says, you know, God is watching us from a distance. It's not true, friends. He's not watching, he's right here this morning in this room. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. God is not watching you from a distance. He wants to be so close to you. He wants to be in your heart, in your life. God is watching you closely. He's right with you. He's right, right there where you are right now. And that's what that, that wonderful name given to Jesus, where it says, Emmanuel, God with us. That's, what, that's the significance of that. It's a profound name, God with us. So here's the first of our reasons to hope this morning. Number one, is that God comes to us in our humanness, in the, in the humanity of our life. We're not, we're not like angels, you know. Uh, we, we're all human here this morning. Unless they've got a, like an R2-D2 or someone secretly in, in the room here. But we're all human, but God comes to us in our humanness this morning. And throughout history, there are lots of occasions the Bible talks about where God came and met with individual people, but his heart was always to save them, was always to reach into their heart and, and change that. And so when the time came for God's master plan of salvation to be unfolded, it was in a little town called Bethlehem in right in the Middle East, what's now Israel, was Israel then, by the way, and uh, when this baby Jesus was born. And so we're going to just I want to show you this first picture, this manger scene. Now, you've all seen something like this before. This is a picture of a manger scene. What we're going to do is we're going to look at reasons to hope in pictures this morning. I've got a few pictures to show you. I just want you to think about this because this here, this manger scene is a picture of God meeting with us. God coming down and meeting with humanity, the pure Son of God lying in a feed trough a dirty feed trough. It's like the brilliance of God's glory reduced to a feed trough in a stable shows us God coming down to humanity and meet us. And He's ready to come to anyone who is ready for Him. 
I'd like to say here that God's plan to save humanity is big enough because God is very expansive. It's expansive enough for the whole of humanity, for all of us. But when Jesus came, and in the early days of the church that began just after that, it was very much contained. It was like monocultural. It was only in like Jerusalem. It was for the Jewish people. And I know the Jewish people are on the news a lot today. But God started out working with the Jewish people. It's important we get a, get a handle on that. So in just after uh, around about 35 AD or 33 AD, when the church began, it was only it was contained to Jerusalem. Some people might have thought that it was a little bit racist because it was just Jewish people that, that had the message of God's love, of his salvation. You know, all the promises God had made to them were being unfolded at that point in time. So, you know, the, the Holy Spirit had been poured out and the church got off to a great start. It started in this like fire. There was, you know, they, they, were, they were meeting together in this upper room like up here. And it was a great prayer meeting, 120 people in the prayer meeting. And, and um, uh, it says the Holy Spirit came down upon them and sat on their heads. And there was like these little tongues of fire. And so amazing things were happening and miracles were breaking out all around them. But they hadn't grasped that God's plan was much more expansive than that. He was actually after the whole world, not just that one nation of people. And so um, they hadn't got a hold of the idea that God's plan would never be contained to one ethnic group, that it was going to go right around the world. So uh, it was always going to break out. I want to read to you this morning from Acts chapter 10, because here's an example of someone who was ready for God and God reached down into, into his life and touched his life. This is an outsider, someone who wasn't from the Jewish nation, receiving God. Okay, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Uh, there was a man named Cornelius who lived in this place in, called, called Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard in the, in the north of Israel on, on shores of Lake Galilee. He stationed there. He was a, so the Romans were in control. He was a Roman um, centurion. Uh, thoroughly, a thoroughly good man, he had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God. He was always helping people in need, and he had the habit of prayer. Well, that sounds pretty good. Would you think that's a, a good bloke? What do you think? He's a good bloke. He was doing all these things. You know, he's leading his family to, to live worshipfully before God, and he's helping people in need, and he, he was, you know, he's a prayer, all, all of those kind of things. One day about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God as real as his next door neighbor came in and said, Cornelius. So he had this angelic visitation. So what the angel said after this is really amazing. Because the angel said, Cornelius, you know, you're a really good bloke. But I want you to go and call up this guy call up this guy called Peter. He's going to come and show you how that you can meet God personally. But you see, here's the point. Cornelius was a very, very good man. He did a lot of good things that we should all be doing, I guess, all these good things. But he wasn't saved. He wasn't born again. Jesus was not living in his heart. He hadn't met God personally. And so the angel is saying to him, Cornelius, there's something more you haven't got yet. And I'm not going to tell you how to get it. I want you to ring up this guy, not ring up, but go and call this guy called Peter. He'll show you what you need to do. 
And that's the amazing thing. That's the point I'm coming to here. That angels are amazing communicators. Angels can do. We need angels. You need every angel you've got, especially if you're a bit of a risk taker like I am sometimes. You need every angel that God gives you around you. But God doesn't just work through angels. He wants to work through people. He works through you. And so um, all those good things that Cornelius was doing wouldn't save him and won't save you and I. Only Jesus saves us. And so God said to Cornelius, the angel said to Cornelius, go and call this man, Peter. He will show you how you can find the way of eternal life to meet Jesus Christ. And so that's the point this morning. God comes to humans. He comes to us in our humanity because he wants to work with you and me. He's got a plan for you and I. He's got a call on your life. He's calling you to do something significant. What's God saying to you this morning? What's He calling you to do today? What is God saying to you and calling you to do today? He comes to us in our humanity. He says, I want to use you. I've got plans for you right now. He's not just using angels, not just using extraterrestrial beings. He's using you today and me. And so God, that's a reason for hope because God is there. He wants to use you and I. Great reason for hope. Number two, God comes to us not only in our humanness, but in our ordinariness, in the daily routine of our lives. He comes to us right now. So imagine the shepherds. I'm going to see this picture of the shepherds. Now, this is a painting from a couple of hundred years ago from a, a well-known artist in America. And, and uh, there were no cameras around in zero A.D., there were eyewitnesses who wrote down what they saw, and we have their accounts today, but there weren't images. So people have tried to paint or try to depict what it was like. This is one person's imagination of what. So here's the shepherds. You can see down the bottom the sheep there, and these people. All of a sudden, this incredible thing happened in the sky. They saw this angel, and it says not only the angel gave them a message, and then after that there was the whole sky was full of angels. And I was thinking, well, what, what does that mean? The angels just came out of nowhere. They were there the whole time. The shepherd's eyes were just open to see the angels that were there. All right, so, um, and they said, the angel said, so there were, or the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, there were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They'd set night watches over their sheep, and God's angels suddenly stood among them. God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event meant for everybody worldwide. I love that. That's part of the reason. That's part of our core values as a church. At the message of the gospel, the good news about Jesus is not exclusive. It's not for some, a few people, but maybe not from others. It's for everybody, everyone worldwide. So the people that you work with that maybe, you know, you don't like or the person that gets up your nose or the person that's offended you or the person that even hates you, the message of the gospel of Jesus is for that person as well. We need to really get that in our hearts today, folks. Really important. So a savior has just been born in David's town. A, that's Bethlehem, a saviour who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. These are the shepherds. A baby. It's funny how God often, God, God's got plans, you know, don't, and he often starts with a baby when he wants to change a generation 
It wants to change a whole community or a society. You're going to look for this, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a feed trough. Now, the reason why those details are put in there is because the shepherds wouldn't have been expecting that. A, a, a king, a new king coming to save the whole nation or save the world, you're not going to expect to find him lying in a feed trough. You're going to expect to find this king, you know, with trumpet, trumpets blasting, riding in a royal carriage or, you know, think of the coronation of the king or something. I had to get those details because that's what God does. So, so they weren't, here's the thing, the shepherds, if we just go back to the photo, they weren't looking for God right there at that moment. The shepherds were doing what? Shepherding. They were doing what shepherds do. They'd set a night watch. So a few of them were up there watching over the sheep. A few would have been probably asleep on the other side of the fireplace or in the tent or something. They were, but they were just looking after the sheep. And God came down in, a, in an, an angel and met them right there in the middle of their everyday workplace, whatever they were doing. And it's the same for us, friends. God meets us right where we are. They were going about their daily routine, surprised by God. They were really surprised. And that's what often happens when we least expect it. So the shepherds never left home that morning saying, Hey, uh, don't worry about breakfast tomorrow, honey. I might, might be a little bit late. I think something's going to be happening. Now, they didn't say that because they had no idea. God met them right there in the middle of the ordinary routine of their life and cut across that and did something amazing in their life. So God meets us in the middle of our ordinary as well. Whatever your ordinary is, whatever the routine, mundane things of your life are, God comes to meet you and meet me right there in the middle of that. Here's another example of that in the Apostle Paul um, in one of his missionary trips, as he came to a certain place called Lystra, and God was working powerfully through them in that time. In Acts chapter 14, there was a man in Lystra who couldn't walk. He was crippled. He sat there crippled since the day of his birth. He heard Paul talking, and Paul, looking him in the eye, saw that he was ripe for God's work, ready to believe. So he said, loud enough for everyone to hear, up on your feet. The man was up in a flash, jumped up and walked around as if he'd been walking all of his life. So when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they went wild, called out in their Lyconian dialect, the gods have come down. These were, you know, like Greek gods. The gods have come down. These men are gods. They called Barnabas Zeus and Paul. They called Hermes since Paul did most of the speaking. So they thought all of a sudden, you know, we've, we've had a, a visitation from some you know, from the, the gods, the Greek gods, that's what they were thinking. But here's Paul's message to them. Paul's message to them was not, was, hey, hang on, we're not gods. We're men just like you. We're here to bring you the message of salvation. That's what Paul said to them. We're here to bring the ordinary, the, the message of salvation to you people, because that's what God is doing right now. And here's my point. There's nothing extraordinary about what God does. When, God, when miracles are happening, like in the church, or it might be in your, at home or in your workplace, wherever you are, when miracles are happening, that's the ordinary life of the Christian. So Paul was saying to these people, hey, what's happening here is just, this is normal. This is normal for us. To see someone raised up and healed, that's normal. That's our everyday work. That's what we do every day. So God meets us every day where we are. He's, God comes to make the miracle routine and the routine a miracle. He wants us to operate in the supernatural. 
I already love that thought. So whatever you're going through right now, however mundane that might be, you know, God is there and he wants to meet you right in the middle of that. He wants to meet you right there where you are, even if it feels like it's mundane. He's come to meet you right there. Here's my last point. Another reason for hope is that God comes to us in the middle of our sinfulness and our failure. God comes to us in our sinfulness and our failure. And uh, in Psalm 18 verse 35, it says this, You, this is the writer talking to God, he said, You've given me your salvation as my shield. Your right hand, O Lord, supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. Another translation says, God, you stooped down and made me great. Or you came down into my world. You came down and got your hands dirty. You've seen the, the reports lately of the, the Prime Minister up in Cairns, at, you know, the floods, and they've been saying, oh, the Prime Minister's getting mud on his boots, they've been saying. You know, I'm not sure if that happened or not, but, but, but um, God, God has done that. He's come down in the middle of our sinfulness, in the middle of our brokenness to meet us, and he comes to meet you today and me in the same way. So um, we looked before at the image of a, of a baby in a feed trough, and, uh, you know, when you look at that or think about that in a, uh, a stall at the, at the back of, a, a, back of a, a hotel where they had animals kept there, you know, it's, pretty, it's actually pretty dirty. And I, I've been in places like that. Um, you think about dairies, if you've worked, ever been in a dairy, you know, like where they milk dairy cows, or a piggery where they have pigs, or a shearing shed where they have sheep. I've worked in all those places. And I can tell you, what do you find there all over the floor in all those places? What is there? You, you, you can use your own, put your own word in there for that. But I want to tell you, that's what it's like in these places. And when Jesus was born, that's what it would have been like. He, God comes down right where we are in the middle of our stuff. If you want to say there would have been if this is a little bit crass for some, S-H-I-T, all over the floor where Jesus was born. So God knows about your stuff. God knows about the stuff that's happening in your world right now. He's not embarrassed about it. He's come to save you from it. God knows about your stuff. The baby in a feed trough shows us God coming down to us in our humanity. Another image is uh, the Son of God hanging on a cross. 33 years later, here's Jesus. He's being, he's being crucified in the Roman way uh, and accused of treason against the state or something and, and hanging up there on a cross. And what, what happens is that they, um, they put a, a crown, a mock crown made up of big sharp thorns on his head and the blood began to run out, run down. And they, and they pierced his, sword with a, his side with a sword. The blood ran, ran out and flowing down and it's touching the ground. That's another picture of God touching the world, touching humanity. I want to tell you, friends, we can have hope today because God is interested in coming into your world, into your world. And the human mind says, uh, and religion invented by the human mind says, you know, I've got to make myself clean. I've got to deal with my stuff before God can actually meet me. That's not true. It's not true. You put your own words in there if you like, but God actually comes to us. God says, I'm coming to you right now. I've already paid the price for your sin. I'm declaring you clean because the price has been already paid. 
That's what God does for us. I want to show you another image as we bring this to a close right now. In fact, if our creative team can begin to come up back onto the stage again. This is an image of what's the prodigal son, another painting done by someone of the prodigal son coming back home and being met by his father. Just one person's depiction trying to get this. And those of you that know the story about the wayward son. Okay, so he took his inheritance and he left home, went a, went a long way away. Lucky to be going to Las Vegas in our, our kind of thinking today. And then the, the money was soon gone, all gone. So what does he do? He gets, he's got to come home. So he comes home. He's trudging home wearily. His feet are sore. You know, he's been, he's been, after the money was gone, he ended up in a pig pen living amongst the pigs. And um, he's on the way home. Now just think of this picture. And, and the father sees him from a long way off and runs out to meet him. And, and he just welcomes him with open arms. And, but what you can see over on the right-hand side of the picture is one of the servants. And they've got a ring. They're about to, he's got a ring. Because the father said, bring the best robe, the best robe, or the first robe is the word actually used. And put upon him and put shoes on his feet and, and put a ring on his finger. Not just any ring, the family signet ring put on him so here's a servant showing the father are you sure you sure you want to put this ring on his finger I mean this this kid who wasted all your inheritance now he's come back home because he's got nothing left and the father says put the ring on his finger that's the image I want you to get in your mind today friend the ring of authority and sonship and ownership going on to a dirty finger that's what God does. That's the hope of the world. That's God coming to meet you and I. And not only accepting us, but He said, I want to give you my authority. I want to give you my sonship. I want to give you what you need to become everything you need to be in my kingdom. And you might say, I'm too clean. I'm too unclean to come. I, I can't come to God. I'm, I'm too unclean. And God says, it's too late. He's already come to you. He's already here. And he says, I've paid the price so I can welcome you home. So you might feel today, friends, that you're at the end of your rope. And you, and you might say, you know, what hope is there? What, what hope can I have? What hope can I have? Or you, or you might be saying, my, my life is so mundane. If only I could escape from where I am, have a, have a better life. And God says, I've, I've come to meet you right there where you are in the middle of that right there. Maybe you feel like the prodigal son today. And you're saying, I'm not worthy of the Father's love. And God says, I've already paid. All you can do, all you can do is accept my offer of forgiveness. All you can do is accept it today. Can we stand up in God's presence today? Maybe we'll begin to sing. Is that a come, let us adore him? We can begin to sing that. Come, let us adore him. I want you just to reach out your hands and your heart to God right now. Say, God, I'm coming to you right now. Maybe you need to come home to God today. Reach out your hands and your heart to him right now. Say, God, I'm coming home to you. Maybe sing this with a new uh, perspective. Sing it with a new passion today. God, I'm coming to you today. I'm coming to you this morning. I'm coming to you, Jesus. Would you take me? Would you accept me as I am? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's sing it. Come, 
Let us adore him.